Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Never know what you're going to get on this show, including legendary callers Danny from Quincy, Al from Everett, agreeing on multiple things, including a correction of Curtis's perception that the town was 70% in favor of Brady during the season of Brady versus Bledsoe, the season of 2000. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I said that the um, Dynasty docuseries made a mistake and that they represented that Rams loss as a possible Waterloo where Bledsoe was should was going to was gonna get his job back, that Brady's the, the luster was off Brady. That was not my experience. I didn't say that at the beginning of the year it was 70-30. I, I just remember vividly watching Bledsoe come in against the Steelers in that AFC Championship. Fourth quarter, Bledsoe throwing the ball over his back shoulder like to nowhere in particular. I At no point... <laughs> Was I sitting there saying that? But the players on the field, Bledsoe was emotional. <clears throat> there was this feeling of protecting a player from losing his job due to injury. And while they all liked Tom, they clearly, you know, grew to love him. But it wasn't. It was a more difficult decision for for Belichick to make in that locker room, I think, than it was with the fans. See, I mean, my memory of it, and I was here in college and listened to a lot of talk radio and worked at the station in 02. My memory is a little hazy. I don't have the memory you do, but I do remember a lot of Bledsoe fans throughout. That's my memory of it. So when I hear Al and Danny say that, that nobody in the media thought Brady was the guy, that's kind of how I remember it, but I don't trust myself either. So, oh, But the media was far different <clears throat> than the fan base. Okay, so you're saying media was heavy Bledsoe. Oh, the old Fans guard. were pro-Brady right? in a so, big way. Here's what happened is that you had the next generation of fans saw that the Bledsoe model was obsolete. A guy that just stood in there like a wildebeest, as <laughs> Scott Pioli put it, and had no ability to, you know, obviously Tom Brady's never going to be mistaken for Michael Vick, but he had the ability within the pocket to adjust and to buy time to deliver the ball down the field. Drew Bledsoe locked in on Ben Coates and then took a sack. That was my experience with him. And so they... The media was very sort of obstinate when it came to moving off 
their Drew stance. Right. And I even remember some people in the media when Bledsoe beat the Patriots 31 nothing in 03 with the Bills kind of took a victory lap like Borges and those guys. Right. So I think the fan base well, was... Well, some of the national media is highlighted in this series as well. Was right. it Phil Simms and uh, was but, it Collinsworth? Who, who was it? Was Collinsworth's saying, a part of it. Yeah, but I would... Bledsoe's got to go back in. But I would say that the the fans were sort of angry at the old guard media for not allowing for Bledsoe to be replaced because there was such a but you know fans and backup backup quarterbacks they love the backup quarterback right except when he throws picks against the Rams and you lose and you're back to 500 so at that moment were there fans that were back on Drew I was a senior in high school how much credit do you give Danny basically Uh, I mean my thing with Al is that he demands clarity and answers when he's asking a question and hates gray area but yeah Quincy Carter he brings up Quincy Carter. <laughs> that's, a, I mean, that's a great moment in Bledsoe. I, I, I would say history. Bill Belichick going 7-9 and nine with Cam Newton and 10-7 and seven with Mac Jones is more impressive than going to the playoffs with Quincy Carter. And I, now I'm like a Bill Bobo, but Parcells... I, I, Did Parcells ruin Quincy Carter the way Bill ruined Mac? Good question. Okay, now right, we're going to give Danny the final word because we had to cut him off there and he got to share time with Al. So, Danny... Oh, that's okay. I actually wanted to comment on last week's Super Bowl, but, oh. you know, and, and a couple of things about the documentary. I haven't seen the documentary, but I, I don't need a documentary to remember what happened during that year. But I will say this, Curtis, you're wrong. The fan, now, I got to differentiate between the people who call sports talk radio and the people who buy season tickets. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was 99% for Bledsoe amongst the fan base. When? Wow. When? They wanted when? Bledsoe. It was, I, you know something? It was almost the same as the Mac Jones people saying that Mac shouldn't lose his job to Bailey Zappi as you can't lose your job to injury people. Dale Arnold and Ron okay, Boyd. Danny, and, Danny, wow. Danny, you keep going yeah. back to the media. I'm not disagreeing about the media. To say that 99%, I don't, that was not my experience at all, that the fan base was overwhelmingly wanting Drew Bledsoe. Again, call us the sports talk radio. They represent 1% of of what the fan base is, so I'll give you that one from that perspective. I was advocating for Tom Brady. Now, I'm only a caller, so I have no power, but I remember fighting with people. Dale Arnold and Ron Borges, they were still advocating Drew Bledsoe get his job back after they beat the Rams in the first Super Bowl. That is a fact. Mm. That is a fact. And you wow. had the late, great Nick Afato on board as well with that. I know. I fought it on the radio. Don't tell me that. And Bledsoe <laughs> threw four freaking picks. Any quarterback that throws four picks in a regular season, preseason, let alone the Super Bowl, doesn't deserve the freaking paper it's written on. You've got to be kidding me. Okay, I'm mean, good, good enough, Danny. Be well. Uh, I, I think he's reacting to. You're not giving Bill enough credit. <clears throat> point blank. What, You're you... saying it wasn't that big of a deal to pick Brady over Bledsoe, but Danny is telling you most of the fans wanted Drew. Okay, that's not my. I was so... at the games. I, I I lived it. I mean, maybe I was. You know, maybe I didn't hear as much because I had Spanish homework. But I <laughs> I, 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 I really believe that. Once the once they beat the Chargers, when they with that comeback overtime win against the, the game, I was there with Belichick's family in their suite, seeing the vitriol thrown at at Bill Belichick by the fans. And when Brady brought them back, and then he had a great game against the Saints. There there was a loss to the Rams, and then they went on a run. And there was a 
There was not a feeling, especially the final regular season game of the year. They beat the Dolphins before going to finish the season in Carolina. They conclude the game. Brady's doing this victory lap around the old Foxborough Stadium. It was not this desire for Bledsoe to be back. Yeah, but midseason, I think, is the key. That after the Rams' loss, I mean, the fact that it's it was Brady versus Bledsoe sports talk debate legendary for a reason because it was every day, and I mean... It's probably it was 50-50. That's why we were doing it every no, day. I think what it was is people like Danny would call in and yell with Ron Borges and Dale Arnold. And, I mean, shocker that Dale would be taking a position by Robert Kraft. I'm sure that was an anomaly. But, um, <laughs> Stacy, is that okay? Okay. Um, so, I, I, I get it. But the fan base, the the world I lived in in high school, maybe it's because I was a youngin, there was nobody going. Oh, you were a young we need... punk. You wanted the young punk. Right. And I was right. And I've said a thousand times, Ken, the best decision in the history of Boston. Well, Don't give even Bill say some credit. But I said that, Drew. That, yeah, that but decision. you're trying to diminish the credit by saying most people wanted Brady. We're discussing historical facts, right? I'm giving you my experience. Danny gave you his. Al gave you his. You know that we all lived it. We Te- lived it. Texters differently. disagree. Dale got, here. Dale checks in. Eight oh two. Danny's right. Uh, on, then we got another one saying wrong. Danny nine seven eight. It was seventy thirty. Brady fans wanted Brady. Right. So. If you're of that age... With all due respect to Danny, a great caller, not exactly an all-star listener. So I, I would give myself the the edge there. Mike and Randolph. Hello, Mike. You we went to Tom by accident. Oh, I did? Sorry, Tom. Go to you later. Oh, no, I just dropped... What the hell? What the hell was that? I just dropped three people at once. Is my um, finger fat? No. Uh, it's good. Uh, so, no, I, I, I maybe I'm off. I mean, who the hell knows? Maybe in Dover it was a different, you know, clientele. Mike and Randolph. Hello, Mike. Sorry, I dropped you. Hey, guys, all good. Hey, listen, uh, I'm going to go back. During this debate, I was in college, and there was a huge divide in our house. I was the only guy with Brady. But you got to understand, like, that was a momentum thing. And without Brady, we would be talking about, I mean, they'd be in Hartford. They'd be somewhere else. Like, Brady is Brady is Brady. And I was a Bill guy until, you know, Brady went to Tampa Bay. And all of a sudden, I mean, everything just went to shambles. And I don't see anything good in the future. I've been a season ticket holder since I was in college, since I was in high school. And it's Brady, it's Brady, it's Brady. There's there's no other Okay, option. Okay, like, but Mike, like, you're saying back in the day you were Brady, but you were one of the few. I was one of the few, and listen, I'm a Michigan guy as well, so I, I also like watch Brady. I didn't think Brady was going to be what Brady is, but at the time, you had to just stick with Brady. Like you had momentum. Like there was no way Brady didn't take sacks. He didn't turn the ball over. Drew was a turnover machine. I mean, I mean, it's not even like a debate. Like the the best decision they could have ever. They got a first round pick for Drew Bledsoe. Like. That was the biggest haul you could have ever gotten, and you shipped them in the division and got the pick on Buffalo. But, I mean, Brady in the young days still, he, he made decisions fast. He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't take sacks. He did everything that Bledsoe didn't do. And it was, and, but everyone was so in love. I, I'm telling you, we almost got in fistfights in our house because everyone was so in love with Drew. But it was so obvious that you just could not disrupt the team. And you know what? If, I know the veterans were with Drew because they had been through the battles with him, and I get it. But deep down inside, they all knew there was the right decision. They knew it. That's why the team kept moving forward, and that's why they won a championship that year. But it Mike, was the so, obvious so, decision. So, Mike, you're saying Curtis was right. Most people wanted Brady. Most fans wanted Brady. No. 
No, no. My, my entire house, 10 people, I was the only person that was pro-Brady. Oh, so I mean, Curtis guys is wrong. Were run around with their Bledsoe yeah. jerseys. They're going nuts about Bledsoe. And so, so and I'm you're, like, guys, what are we talking about? I just want you to say Curtis is wrong. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> Well, I mean, I love Curtis, but yeah. But yeah, yeah. He's wrong. Perfect. That's all we need. Good. I mean, I, I never said I spoke for everyone. I said my experience. Kevin and Quincy, was Curtis wrong? Uh, well, uh, I don't want to. Listen, I was 23 years old at the time, and uh, I got a few years on Curtis. But as I recall it, it was approximately 50-50. If I had to go back in history and write a book about it, I would, in my, from my recollection, it was 50-50. Now, let me say, I've been right and I've been wrong in the past. I wanted Drew Bledsoe, once he was healthy and cleared to play, to uh, to start those games. Now, turns out, obviously, I was completely I was completely wrong. But but I also wanted uh, Pedro Martinez um, to come out of the game, you know, in the eighth inning against the Yankees. So 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 sometimes, if you were to rewrite that, that would be another one that's fifty fifty. I mean, it, it, that's how I recall it, Curtis. I, All right, Curtis was wrong. That's yet another one. It was not everybody wanted Brady to stay. There was a Bledsoe guy. I, I, I don't know how you could at the end of that season. I mean, where the team was versus where they were the year before. Well, even look at the Raiders game. I'm sure coming out of the Tuck Rule game, it was, okay, team of destiny, that sort of thing. But it was also, they scraped by, I mean, it was a snow game, so it's different. But not like the offense was, Brady was not sensational people, in that But people game. were shocked at how well he threw it in the middle of a snowstorm. Yeah, but he almost fumbled it. If not for the tuck rule, right? I'm I, right, but I I don't know. So there, I'm I'm sure even then there were still people saying Bledsoe's the guy, and then Pittsburgh obviously when he when he did play, right? Anyway, more of your calls on this. Was Curtis wrong? I love this. I could do this all hour. Tell me, Curtis was wrong that it was not all Brady fans the year they who said it was all Brady. That's fans. what you said. Let's go to Joe and what's trending. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. After dozens and dozens and dozens of vicious hits, Drew had started becoming human. When there was real pressure coming at him, he'd struggle a little bit. He knew he was going to be hit, and it looked like he would just freeze up and wait for the inevitable. And of course, I talked to Scott Pioli about it. He goes, Scott, come in here. And he was watching film. He goes, this is it. This is what we've been talking about. And he goes, Drew, he looks like a wildebeest under attack. And with Tom, 
he was the guy that we thought and truly believed was the answer. I remember feeling confident because we'd had time to learn who he really was. Scott Pioli, part of the docuseries, two episodes that are out, The Dynasty. Jeff Benedict and Matt Hamachek produced, directed. Kenny Curtis here. We're, so we're diving back into, we started the show with Curtis's recollection of 2001 and how he felt it was pro-Brady and it was not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Curtis. You didn't feel it was that difficult a decision by Bill to choose Brady because the populace sort of wanted him anyway. Um, when are we talking about? The Super Bowl? I don't know. I'm just trying to put you in a bad light oh. from what you phrased in the first hour of the show. <laughs> no, I, I, from, I, I thought that the documentary was not accurate in its depiction of there being this newfound clamoring for Tom Brady's benching after the loss to the regular season loss to the Rams. I was at that game. It was a Sunday night game. There was a pick six the Patriots had against Kurt Warner. And the feeling, it was like we did a lot recently. It was my experience of a moral victory back then. There was people that said, wow, if they can be this close on a night where they weren't at their best against the perceived best team in the NFL, maybe this team is better than we thought. It was not, from my standing, an opportunity for people to just say, look, Brady's done, it's time for Drew. But that was my experience. So, so I mean, recollection is it's, it's a funny thing. So some people weighing in saying Curtis is right. It was pro-Brady. Some people saying, nope. It was pro-Bledsoe. I was the only one who wanted Brady. Obviously, most people agree the media was pro-Bledsoe. That seems to be well-established. The bizarre thing is this. I just got a text from my buddy. We went to Northeastern together. We hosted a sports talk show in this town. Granted, nobody listened. It was a college station. Yeah, it was called Dull and Duller. But you you read the text. I was pro-Brady. I was pro-Brady well before you, according to this. I was pro Brady in 2001. Yeah, but I was saying it on the airways here. That's true. Very cool story about when I went to the uh, the game with the there was a silent auction at Rivers that the Belichicks put up to raise money for the school. Nobody wanted it. My dad and Jordan's dad bid together. For, I think it was like 400 bucks, and they only picked the Chargers game because it was Flutie, and my dad wanted to see Flutie. <laughs> so we went to go to the game, and in the pregame, we're in the locker room, and at that point, I had only seen professional athletes on TV or you know from afar in the stadium. Walked in, Willie McGinnis is in there, and he is a mountain of a man. And we're with Steven, and he called him Little Bill. And then he said, what's up, man? And he did this, like, punch to my arm. Meanwhile, like, I'm playing football at this time. Not exactly a, a strong man, but I took everything in me to not fall over and start crying. He was the strongest human yes, I had ever seen in my entire life. And he does a good job at this docuseries. He's interesting. He's very good. Vrabel was in it for two seconds, and he was funny. But that game was the game. They were down 10 points in the fourth quarter. They come back, great touchdown catch by Jermaine Wiggins to conclude the game, and then they win it in overtime, and that was the turning point in many ways. Funny also, my buddy John was saying he wanted Bledsoe throughout, even after the Pittsburgh game, he wanted him to start in the Super Bowl, which gets back into that's not even been part of this yet uh, that the public has seen. You know, the decision to stay with Brady after the injury and after the AFC Championship game and all that. So There has never been a tougher in terms of – if you're Bill Belichick, the fans are one thing. Your boss and the people that cover you were united against your decision. Not only did Drew Bledsoe lose his job to injury once, he was about to lose it twice when the other guy had just had a high ankle sprain. What's your memory of this? 617-779-7937. Getting to relive some of this 23 years ago with the docuseries. Mike in Maine checking in. Hello, Mike. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, I think Curtis is um, uh, probably half right. 
As far as I remember, I was about 28 at the time. I I had had uh, two kids already uh, born, and uh, I remember it being more like 50-50, and it was more about the excitement about who's actually better. I remember, I, I remember, you know, sitting around a table, and again, this is only anecdotal, but uh, all of us all had a different opinion about the two quarterbacks. And that guy, Dan from Quincy or Stan or dumbass from wherever he is, uh, uh, really, <laughs> diminim- uh, really just diminishing uh, Drew Bledsoe, you know what? I was there in 92 when I, when I graduated co- or, uh, high school, and I remember we didn't have – we had, like, one win or something like that. If it wasn't for Drew Bledsoe, we wouldn't have gotten to the Super Bowl. Were you a Scott okay? Seacuse guy? We wouldn't have been guy, relevant. So – Anyway, yeah, I I feel like we get into these arguments that nobody's having. We all agree Drew Bledsoe was a key cog in removing the Patriots from the abyss that he arrived in in 1993. Correct? Correct. We all agree. Bill Parcells, one of the most important figures in Patriots history because his draft solidified the 2001 Patriots team. And should be in in the Patriots Hall of Fame. Without a doubt. Ty Law, Teddy Bruschi, Ted Johnson. Uh, Curtis Martin, I mean, the guys that he found in that draft. Gave Bill some groceries. Absolutely. So, and then, what makes this so consequential is all of that happened, but still, if not for the foresight by Bill Belichick, in spite of his owner and the people that cover him, after he just did this and failed in Cleveland, benching and removing Bernie Kosar, leading to himself being hung in effigy, not joking, (laughs) in Cleveland, this would have been on him, and it had never been easier, right? You get to the Super Bowl, you only have one week, something that is glossed over. Because of the events of 9-11, they had to bump everything back, and the Super Bowl was one week after the the AFC Championship. Tom Brady exited that game with a severe high ankle sprain. Drew Bledsoe comes in, throws the touchdown pass to Pat, and then played like dog crap the rest of the day, but they win the game. It took no balls to say Bledsoe's the starter. It took... Everything because if Brady loses, if the Patriots lose and Brady is awful in that game and his ankle is acting up and it's a close game that the Rams win, Bill is on the line forever. Knowing what you know about Belichick now and how important money and keeping money down seems to be to him, or at least money in terms of ego and not buying into his way, do you think that was a major part of it? In other words, if Bledsoe wasn't making $100 million, if he was making the same as Brady... Would it have been different? Totally. So that was, even then, it was part of the equation. But I think a guy like Bill Belichick, and I respect this immensely in him, he's someone who had to earn everything double. He grew up at his dad's side at Naval Academy, learning football that way. He gets to the the NFL, and he starts with Ted Marchabroda, and he's working his way as a you know special teams quality control coach, and he finally gets his way to the Giants, and he's under the... the you know, the ruling thumb of Bill Parcells, where he is publicly mocked and ridiculed at all all hours of the day, busts his ass, creates a game plan they send to the Hall of Fame, gets an opportunity in Cleveland, Art Modell puts a team up for sale, he gets fired. Then he gets here. He saw Bledsoe as a guy who had this air about him, like, it's my job. How dare you take my job? I, it's my team. Well, that comes out as much as anything in these first two episodes. It makes Drew look pretty bad, to be but honest. That's, but that's the reality. Yeah. That's what everybody, like, what I heard and saw was... 
Drew acting like he didn't need to do anything to maintain the position that he had gotten. And don't forget the beginning of it, too, when the injury was much more than just your standard concussion. Like, his lungs was filling up with blood. Like, it was it was scary. And then but all it, of a sudden, it, the narrative it, turns. Yeah, but it didn't seem like that was part of the equation, right? They didn't really think he was damaged, that he couldn't play. He was no. Cleared, I, he was cleared. No. And, and if you actually, a really cool thing in the movie, or in the docuseries, is I had remembered this, and it was true, Right when Bledsoe comes in for Tom Brady in the second quarter, I believe, or end of the first quarter of the AFC Championship game in Pittsburgh, Bledsoe gets flushed out of the pocket, and he runs, and he's right by the sideline, and it's almost a carbon copy of the Mo Lewis hit in Bledsoe's first game since that hit, and the sideline goes nuts, Wiggy's screaming for a flag, and you see Brady like <laughs> jump up with his ankle down, taped, and he's like, F you, you know. That was a pretty cool moment, but I, I, I felt in that game where I was watching it at Steve Allaire's house in Norwood, great spot, and it was a, um, when Bledsoe, there is a play, I will never forget it, somebody needs to tweet it to me, second half of that game, Drew's under pressure, and he just flings the ball. Oh, over the head, everybody, yeah, I've seen that a million times. I mean, it was, like, it was that, comical. And I'm like, get him off the field. But is it fair to say the older Pats fans generally would have given Drew more respect for leading them into respectability in the 90s, and it was that pull of he deserves his job back because of what he gave us. Even though he didn't win a Super Bowl, he and Parcells right. still got us out of the Seacules era. And I, I view now Bledsoe then in a different way because we view, you know, Bergeron would have been a god around here, but now he's viewed in this context of, quote, only winning one. Yeah. And so we look at, like, Drew in those days was revered like a Bergeron because he was viewed as this guy that brought life to the Patriots. Let's go to Jim in Bedford here on the Kenny Curtis Show. Hello, Jim. Hey, guys. Good morning. Love the show and love this topic. What a fun night last night was to relive this stuff. It's awesome. That would, normally would be a dead, yeah, a dead period before the draft, right? So great stuff. Um, I'm with Curtis on this, 100%. Oh, I, I was a season good. ticket holder. <laughs> I was a season ticket holder uh, the day Parcell signed in 93, right up through uh, into the second part of the dynasty. And, um, you know, there was definitely what, what people are forgetting, like Bledsoe. I mean, I loved Bledsoe. He was. He, 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 he resembled hope and uh, faith and, and helped bring the organization up from the ashes. But his, his, he was declining, and he was declining well before Belichick got there. I thought he was going to flourish under Carroll, and he never did. He, he, like the team, took a steady step down, 10-6, and 9-7, and 8-8. Eight and eight. And Belichick inherited him. Um, so when, when 2001 happened and Brady came in, there was a definite momentum there. Um, it may be initially a 50-50 split, but definitely I feel it, at least in the section I was in, 211. We had, four, we had four tickets, and three of my buddies and I, and we were a 2-2 split. I was on the Brady side, two of my friends on the Bledsoe side. And some of those guys took a long time to come. But it, it, it was around the time of the Rams game, that it started to go more like 60-40 or two-thirds, one-third in Brady's favor. I, I agree with Curtis. I was there. I lived through it. And one thing I wanted to mention, too, on that Rams game, I remember it differently um, than how they portrayed it in the, in the documentary. I, I felt like in the postgame, in the tailgate afterwards, that we felt hopeful that we could kind of hang with the big boys. You know, the Rams were the best team in football or amongst the best teams and well, I felt yeah, like well, Ty you know, Law take, agrees with you on that. Yeah. He said that multiple times, Jim. And thanks for the call. I think, but the, that doesn't mean you didn't want the you know, the other quarterback back. You know, even you could hang with him, but you lost because Brady threw picks. 
And by the way, if his if he's he and his two buddies were split, it's fifty fifty. Curtis was wrong. Right. Let's go to Jim in the car. Hello, Jim. Oh, hi. Great talk, guys. You know, I'm. Uh, I remember that as well. Uh, uh, Brady seemed to have the edge, as far as I know. That may be because my mother just loves him to death, and she's ninety, <laughs> still still loves him, even though he went to Tampa. But he. Uh, you know, I'm wondering if this flack uh, was about putting Brady and had to do with Belichick as well, because that was a ballsy decision. But as far as Tom Brady goes, all you needed to know about who he was and what he was going to become, uh, you found in that uh, Michigan game against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. That, that second quarter and uh, that second half was Unbelievable! I, I just watched it again. I remember it from memory, and I just wanted to see how much. It's a citrus bowl, but yes. Yeah, yeah, but despite that, he, he fell behind T. Martin and Chad Pennington and everybody else. I mean, that, that's another thing the documentary does well is to highlight all these scrub quarterbacks, or average at best, that went ahead of him. Because why? Brady's stature couldn't move? There was a perception he didn't move well enough? I don't know. No, it was because of Henson. In all sincerity, you if you really want to credit, we credit Mo Lewis, you really should credit Lloyd Carr. Because if Brady played every down, he wasn't going to be there in the sixth round. There's no way the Patriots take him after they just extended Bledsoe. Well, who do people give credit for drafting Brady most often when you hear it? The drafting of him. And it was the Orange Bowl. God, I'm an idiot. Not the Sugar Bowl. I knew it wasn't the Sugar, but it wasn't the Citrus. It was most the people Bowl. traditionally don't give Belichick any credit for the pick of Brady. But you watch this. And what do you, you, you are around this place too often. If you go outside the doors of this building, I'm... 90% of the fans would say Belichick gets credit for that. Oh, really? I of mean, course. I don't know. It's it's more often given to the scout. What's his name? Exactly. My point. You don't even remember his name. That's yeah. clearly not someone they credit too much. Okay, but it's brought up a lot. Dick Rabine. Dick Rabine and then Pioli. But Bill's definitely, in, he's on board. If you watch that clip, he's like, sure, let's take him. You know, he's like, so you got to give Bill a little credit for the pick? <laughs> Where do you give, who do you give the most credit for the Patriots dynasty? Bill. The early parts. No, no, no. <clears throat> as a whole, um, it's slightly Brady. Slight. <sighs> Mark, and I can now die in peace. Let's go to Mark. What a beautiful day. <clears throat> Hello, Mark. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? What's going on? So, I just want to give my kind of take on the Brady Bledsoe. So, um, you know, I've been a lifetime Patriots fan, so I watched Bledsoe's whole career. And you know, if you're a Patriots fan, you can't not love Drew because besides what he did on the field, he's just a good guy. Like any interview you hear, he's just a well-spoken, good, thoughtful, good guy. So the first time I ever heard of Brady was when he came into that game. I knew nothing about this guy. I, I didn't watch any, you know, college football. So while Drew was out, you know, Brady didn't do anything that, like, blew you away. He was just like, I think, like, that comeback against San Diego in overtime, that was a pretty good game. But he didn't really do anything that blew you, blew you away. So when Drew was ready to go, I was 100%, 100% Drew guy. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Drew, Drew, Drew. And then there was one interview from Belichick that 100% flipped me to be a Brady guy where it's one of those rare instances where Belichick gave away a little too much. Uh, they interviewed him, and Belichick was just talking about, you know, um, you know, Brady came to the sideline after this play, and I, I asked him, like, what did you see out there? And Brady was like, oh, I saw this linebacker creeping in, and then I saw the safety covering over that guy, so I switched it up, the, the coverage and, or the protection, and three or four other things he rattled off. And then Belichick said, when they went back and looked at tape, every single one of those things happened. So that's what we made me realize, like, Brady just mentally 
can see more in a shorter period of time and process it than Bledsoe can. So that's what made me realize, okay, this is the guy to go with. So, All right, and Mark, uh, I hate to interject, but we have major Red Sox breaking news. Ken, have you seen this? This is not major. I've seen it. This is absolutely... No, 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 no. I do not... It's breaking news. Breaking news on WEEI is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. I just noticed that today is February 17th, which means one month from today is the anniversary of when Tom Brady became a free agent on St. Patrick's Day in 2020. And today... The Boston Red Sox officially have become the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> no, that, come on. As they are trading a, a relief pitcher for a prospect. They are doing a cash dump on the this Kansas City Royals. Dump. Okay, explain the trade. The, according you, you to should Jeff, not have played the breaking news sounder for this. Don't listen to Curtis. I never asked for breaking news you sound. Said break, Joe, check with me, please, on all matters. Oh, As God, your boss, I would like that. What okay, Curtis, go ahead. Bed, now, you, now that you've played the I'm sorry news, you're destitute because of Maya's birthday. Don't blame you me. You interrupted a good caller to get to this. No, go it ahead. was a little long. Long-winded. Uh, I'd write you a shorter letter if I had more time. God, every week. The Kansas City Royals are acquiring right-handed reliever John Schreiber from the Red Sox for minor league right-hander Dave Sandlin, I stink. Sources <laughs> tell ESPN. Royals get an arm out of the pen and the Sox get a prospect that has strikeout stuff. Sandlin is good. He was an 11th round pick, but he's he's in high A, 22 year old. I like him. I've watched him. Um, um, Schreiber was nothing last year. He was a disappointment. It's, it's not major news because oh. he was hurt. Okay, for the first half of the year, he's not what he was. He used to be Johnny Leverage. Now he's Johnny Average. So why do the why do the Royals want him? They are desperate. I don't know. And the Red Sox aren't. They're taking advantage of that desperation. This is a good trade. It's a minor trade. Should not have played the breaking news. How say- many arms in that bullpen would you take over John Schreiber? Whose bullpen? The Red Sox. Well, easily Martin and uh, Jansen. Would you say that today's a new Alk? a new Craig Brez low? No, I'm, I'm glad they're doing something good. Glad they're doing something. What is this doing? Getting rid of a useless part for a potentially useful part. If Craig Breslow extended Schreiber, you'd say good move. I would thank not. God Brad was on. In a Schreiber few was a mess last year. Let's go to. That's enough out of you, Joe. Let's go to Jeff in Longmeadow. <laughs> Hello, Jeff. Hey guys. How are you? Hey, good. So a quick uh, Drew, uh, Drew Bledsoe-Brady story. Brady's second year was the year when Bledsoe got hurt. Yep. I was driving down. I think it was a Tuesday night. It was right after the David Patton game where he caught a touchdown, threw a touchdown, and ran for a touchdown. Against the Colts. So I'm waiting in line to get an autograph. You know, I just happened to hear it. Was the, it Patton's at this place. So I asked Patton. I said, hey, I got a question for you. It was maybe 10 games into the season. I'm like, Brady, I go, is he the real deal or, or what? And Patton looked at me and dead serious, and he goes, that guy is the real deal. And at that point, I was like, really, huh? And I thought about it, and, of course, you know, the rest is history. But hmm. I wanted to just share that. Uh, Patton, I know, is, is past. But. Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks for the anecdote. I mean, you wow. could argue Br- that. Brady in that game against the Colts went to 2-0 and against Peyton Manning. His first start, of course, was against the Colts uh, in week three of the 2001 season. In that game against the Colts at the RCA Dome, Brady was 16 of 20 with three touchdowns. But you heard Ty Law describe with uh, Lawyer Malloy them laughing at Brady when he said, I'm going to keep this job at, over dinner. It's just impossible to do a justice to what Drew was at that time. It would be like someone walking in and saying, I'm going to take over for Paul Pierce, who was you know an undrafted guy from, from Spain with the Celtics in 98. Like... 
Bledsoe was bigger than Pierce. He was he was the biggest athlete in Boston. I guess maybe minus Pedro. Who was the guy he shared a room with? At that uh, Nugent. Nugent. God. He went to Purdue. That must have been Nugent's footage, right? It must have been his like home yeah. camera footage. That's gotten him some. He's he made the cut. It was other guys didn't make the Tagliabue didn't make the cut. They filmed him for like hours. He said and they didn't use any of it. Tagliabue. Oh, by the way, you'll you'll see more of uh, Goodell in this thing. He is such a pud. Slimy. Oh, as slimy Ooh, as they I get. am curious to see the Spygate tapes. I hear there is a recreation of the smashing of the tapes. That, is that good? You see Robin Glasser, who is the lady that's made a lot of news. She has a very big role on the uh, in this thing. It's unbelievable. It, all of it's see, great. Things like that are going to pull in the rest of the country because that will rekindle opposing fan bases' ire at Spygate and Deflategate. It's not going to be as loved here. But the real great, if you really want to understand the the distance and the in the in the chasm that ended up existing between Brady and Bill, it's Bill's on on the hot seat. Week one oh seven, the Mangini gets the camera and they have Spygate, and the world is saying that you know Bill's a cheater. Tom then goes on to have the greatest single season of his career, unanimous MVP, sets the record in touchdown passes as they are a late touchdown away from having a perfect season. Tom gets in hot water. Immediately, Belichick goes to the dais and says, I Tom's thoughts on the thing, and distances himself. That is who they each are in a nutshell. When adversity strikes, one stood up next to the guy, the other threw him directly under the bus. I don't know how you can dispute that. In that particular case, yes, he threw but Brady under the bus. In each of their biggest need, one was there and played the best he ever had and publicly supported him. The other immediately threw him under the bus. And Bill, a loyal guy, stood by Trump. Why? When when was Trump disloyal to him? <clears throat> I guess he wasn't. I guess he still isn't. Although, didn't uh, Brady bail on Trump? But what does that have to do with what we're talking about? That, like that, if you're Tom, doesn't that irritate you forever? <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. We've brought that up many times. That plus the open heart surgery. There's many times. That but then I don't know. Get how you're you're anti Tom in that. When it's I'm so not anti Tom. But against Bill, you always have been pro-Bill. I haven't been. He chose to leave. He could have stayed, which gets back into episode 10, which we don't have time for. But we'll put some final thoughts on this before we go to Bradford next. Well, as I've said a couple times today, but new audience. First of all, Curtis was wrong. But second of all, I, know, I, I do, hate, re- I do I, regret saying Ken was a great boss. I, I apologize. I'm not sure I've ever heard that. I've uh, I hate the fact that you've seen all ten episodes because it's like it's another thing you can hold above everybody else that you've seen them all. We go two at a time. You've seen all ten, but I am at the same point enticed about what's to come. In what is particular, more? What's more annoying that Wiggy has them and he stopped watching it because he's not in it, or that I've watched <laughs> it and actually done my homework? Yeah, I had to talk with Wiggy about that. Okay, good. Well, just write in an email. He reads your emails. He does read my emails. He's one of the few. Um. Giselle. Also, I, you stole Good Weekend yesterday. Yeah. That, that is a Chris Curtis TM. Okay, fine. I'm taking credit for your stuff. Good. Um, Giselle. Yep. Her, her role in the departure. Will we get some Giselle stuff late? Because <clears throat> if you ask me, there are a couple reasons why Tom left, and one of them is Giselle. You know what the great thing about this is? Is that anybody, whether you were Drew or Tom, Bill or Kraft or, you know, Jimmy G, whatever side of this whole crazy bizarre truth is stranger than fiction fiction 10 year 20 year run you will be able to defend your side in other words like it has something for everybody where you can kind of sometimes it's easier for others but 
That's a long way to say yes. Giselle's in it, and she... she's You do not see her face, but her words reverberate throughout the entire organization. So do you think if Giselle was not in the picture, Brady stays? I will not. I don't want to ruin anything. I would just say if you were on the side of Tom being um, henpecked, you may be right. Which we all knew. um, That's not a surprise. But the... Uh, very strange details about how Alex Guerrero would characterize his relationship with Tom Brady. But in terms of new, like, wow, I didn't realize that the Aaron Hernandez episode is, I mean, obviously <clears throat> breathtakingly sad and mm-hmm. awful, but simultaneously eye opening. And Brandon Lloyd, who is sort of a, not a forgotten, but not a key cog on the Patriots, is as eloquent and as. Uh, haunting in his recollection of the teammate that was Aaron Hernandez. And you go back... And you, the listener, will see that in three years and eight months. So it's awful. Don't watch it. But, um, but like, even back to the day we were at... We were in D.C. You were back here when, uh, for the Patriots' arrival at the uh, the one that Brady didn't go to. So it was April of 2017. The morning of his death. The morning of the death of Aaron Hernandez. So we get... We're in the studio. It's like bizarre DC. I had walked into the abyss to get a coffee for for Jerry, and then I make my way in. And we're whatever. I think it was like the first segment of the show. Yeah, it was. And I saw the news on Twitter. Right, and you're texting me this random guy, and it was blue check mark, and then it was off. And that was such a surreal day where you had Donald Trump not mentioning Tom because Tom didn't go, and then you had the the news coming out of that. We had the uh, Hobson, whatever his name was, the guy that was sheriff. I don't know. His name. Oh yeah, well, I forget his name. Anyway, it was just a. Uh, but those this this the twenty year run, the amount of twists and turns, and, and the chaos, and 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 the, the amount of winning that sustained all of it, that remained underneath all of it, is is staggering. All right. Well, we'll unpack that when we actually get there and people see them. Been a fun day. Good memories, good rough, uh, recollections. We've put Curtis in his place. Al and Danny agreed with one another today on multiple issues, which was scary. Joe was insubordinate again, but otherwise he did a pretty good job producing the show. All right, we'll see you Tuesday. And we had breaking news for a Schreiber trade, which Bradville will break down here coming up. He also has Trevor Story on the show. And today. that's the rest. Rest of the story, he's going to be big this year. You need story. How about Bogarts getting bumped to second base? Oh, you know what? I was going to I was going to say we should do a quick segment on that. Good move by the Red Sox. Would you take right now Bogarts or Story? Story. I think I would, too. Nah, short term, one year, I would take Bogarts. Oh, I mean, Bogarts. I thought it was like the full contract. But the full contract, Story. Ab- so, win. Win. Okay, Red Sox are doing something right. Bradful will expand next. Thank you, and yes, indeed, see you Tuesday morning. The Great Hill Show. Take care. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.